Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to, to Just Shoot, Shoot It, the podcast, podcast about, about filmmaking, screenwriting, screenwriting and, and directing. And directing. Uh, I'm Oren Kaplan. <laughs> and I'm Matt Enlow. And welcome to episode 300 of our podcast. Holy The worst intro uh, we've ever done. What? <laughs> we keep, uh, keep besting well, ourselves. Before we get started though, it is worth it to thank all of our patrons who have made the show possible, kept the show going. Literally, there's no way we could have made it to 300 without you. So thank you all so very much. Yeah, I honestly like at this point, I'm like, should we keep doing the show every single week for, I don't know, 290 weeks or however long <laughs> we've, we've done an episode every week? Carlin's like like shaking her head no. Like, tap <laughs> out, <guys>. imagine. <laughs> no, but I honestly am like that patron that is giving us $2 a month is going to be so pissed off. Yeah. That's yeah. their money going into nothing. We have to keep going. So what if you we do have every our... other week? I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Carlin's just talking. Is that... anyway. Not a bad idea. Um, we have our favorite, some of our favorite guests, definitely our uh, end of the year panel superstars. I mean, I would call you our favorite guests, except, you know, I don't want to offend some of our previous guests that are not on, that are they listening. Gotta, they got to toughen on, up. It's Hollywood, yeah. baby. Yeah. Loud and clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Loud and Welcome clear. to Rejection. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Roxy Shi, Tim Nakashi, and Carlin Hudson. Welcome to Woo! the virtual living room. Yay! Third year welcome, welcome. That's right. That's right. This is our end of the year panel. It's our end of the year wrap up. We're talking about all of the things we learned this year and also maybe some of the things that we're hoping for and maybe half expecting uh, in the coming year. Yeah. JSI like... 300. That's right. Have you guys yeah. listened to the um, the pre- previous uh, end of the year panel episodes? I've to listened us? to one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun, actually. Like it's um, they're the ones. If I have a little bit of time, I like to try and re-listen to before we do this episode because it's more like catching up with an old pal than the other episodes. You know, the other episodes are a little more structured. You know, like why us three? Like originally for the first time around, like what made y'all think that like Tim, Carlin, Roxy dynamic ensemble with us or Matt? Well, you want to you want to to be like totally honest no sometimes when we have guests that we don't <laughs> and i, I no. already said to carl this to carlin but sometimes when we have guests we don't know on it's kind of like a little stressful we feel like mm-hmm. we fun. need to figure them out live yeah. on the show what what they're interested in talking about what we can get them to say that we think is interesting um you know and then obviously like backstory like just uh, uncovering like what people are like is just just a lot of work and with you guys yeah. it's like your friends and we actually got an email kind of recently. Well, actually, it was a DM. Someone slipped into my oh. DM. Whoa, boy! DMs. Is that what wow! <laughs> and told what, me that that's what the kids say that he felt like when we first started the podcast, we had a lot of our friends on, and the conversation was just real casual and fun. And that the last few years, it's been a lot more kind of guests, you know, that we book through PR people and whatnot. And it's great too, but. There's something valuable about hearing people that that have a shorthand with each other talk. I think it's maybe friend zone. Yeah, and we we can Aww. challenge each other. We like whenever I make fun of our like guests that we don't know, they seem to get offended. Oh, you know? but with yeah. you losers, it's easy. 
<laughs> wow. Well, good thing because I think I'm pretty drunk right now, so I'm in the <laughs> holiday spirit, y'all. I'm ready to be friends episode with y'all. <laughs> friends episode. I do like. This episode <laughs> tends to be a little more uh, boozy, a little boozier than the other yeah, ones, yeah. which is fun too. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, all three of you have been to my house where mm-hmm. we recorded the, this show in person back back Two in years the day. ago. Oh, Roxy, I have that. you? Roxy, did we have you at Orange uh, well, Place? Well, we did a yeah, live panel. I was there. Oh, okay. I sat next oh, to you. That was your one. Yeah, that was so of this, fun. Of this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I can want that hey. again. Hey, everybody, yeah. to your health. Yeah, that's right. To your health. <laughs> so Tim, we, what we is are that all, fancy all have, um, glass? Something to drink, wine? except Roxy's already on the It's just a fancy glass that has wine in it. Tim just broke out the crystal for episode 300. I'm a very fancy boy. This is a cordial glass. The reason to celebrate is the fancy glass for episode 300. Hell yeah, why not? Well, how was your 2021 career-wise? You know, it was okay. It was good. Who are you talking to me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tim. It was good. It was good. Thanks. Next. No, um, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. It, it sort of had three main chapters. The first chapter was working remotely like crazy. In fact, I did a lot of it from Florida for months. Oh, right. That's and where then, you were last year during this episode. Actually, right. listeners may not realize Tim was supposed to be on last year's episode. I think we ended up having to lift you entirely because yeah. of internet issues. Oh. I was politely deleted. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> And then me yeah, and Carlin no, had to carry it. Sorry. You're like, the, yeah. the wound Again, is still load. fresh. Heavy his, load. his knowledge was too good. We had to redact it so we can sell it yeah. in a masterclass I, form. I was, I was spitting gold, too. It was too bad you guys weren't picking up. It was so good. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. what was chapter two? It, a chapter two was, for me, was this year was I, I kind of got back to L.A. And then I, I basically picked up a lot of work as a creative director. That I that would then slid into being a director on a bunch of like just paid sort of commercial work stuff like that, which was cool. And then now, chapter three is has been I got dropped on a few uh, docu series that I've been directing, so which has been great for me. I, as far as that's just like works stuff, um, but then otherwise I've had gotten great reactions to a script and I'm gotten great advice towards another one that I'm working on. And I'm just feeling very on fire creatively in a way I did not feel at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So. Hey, that, I mean, that sounds Congrats. pretty, pretty great. Uh, can can yeah. I ask uh, in terms of the, the work work, was it consistently the same companies or Never. did you branch out? Never. Oh, interesting. Wow. I mean, not really. No. I mean, it depends on what you call consistent, I suppose. Like, you know, I've had, I did a bunch of stuff in the middle of the year. I, the creative directing stuff was, was for one company, but then I was I wound up kind of accidentally having other people ask me to do the same thing. So two other companies, production companies, some were small, ones based in Sacramento, weirdly, and then shout out Sacktown, my yep, hometown. Sacktown, and then yeah, why do you ask? Just curious. Yeah, well, I think if we're trying to parse like any sort of um, patterns, you know, I think that for me personally, I jumped around a decent amount, but like the back half of the year has all been consistent with one company oh yeah uh, and and similarly it's it's picked up as a creative director so i'm doing both the ideation writing pitching and shooting with the company um, are you liking cool. it yeah you know uh, i mean we can get into it a little bit more i think that you do learn a lot about the other side the 
point of view of like where where and why ideas come from you know like like what's the point of view what's the angle this specific house has like a very clear mandate in terms of what they think works and what doesn't and that's backed up by a decent amount of data or whatever but so like it's you end up working in a house style which i think is a unique sort of thing which you mean like the company has the way the company yeah yeah house style like house music uh yes yes yeah yeah exactly it's more like a little i i do think this year yeah 2021 to me compared to 2020 like 2020 was just you know just a weird collective black hole of um anxiety yeah and we were all kind of i think started picking things up at the end of 2020 but 2021 we kind of went in full swing and like the way you network and the way you talk to people and meet people and get jobs is just like it's just totally different than you would two years ago where you would go to someone's house and talk to someone or go to this an job event. i got on linkedin have you ev- have any out. of you what? ever booked a, a job on linkedin i've yeah. never that's booked a job on linkedin that's crazy Which, you Wait. know like you need to teach but you know that that's that. like how everyone outside of the film industry books jobs, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. What kind yeah, of videos like, are you making, Enlo? What kind of videos? Commercials. Are you yeah, really? commercials. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do I, I need to revisit my LinkedIn. LinkedIn profile? Do I need to revisit my headshot? Roxy, I don't think you need more work. No. <laughs> you are. I think you shot like 12 no. TV shows this year and no, like six No, features. no, no, lies, lies, lies. No, I didn't. I, well, let's segue to you. What, what did you do this year? Well, the first half, I was very front heavy this year. I did a movie called List of a Lifetime with Lifetime. It was supposed to be like their their breast cancer campaign centerpiece movie. And then we just got nominated for a Critics' Choice Award, which is congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, That's amazing. But, you know, because of Omicron. What's the subject or the category that you got nominated? Best TV movie. Oh, cool. Great. Which is. That sounds pretty big. Wait, can yeah. I just can yeah. I just share though my biggest thing that I learned about myself this year is learning what a black tie event actually was, um, because <laughs> I went to one last week and I didn't know that it's like me bringing not me bringing my twenty dollars Shein feather duster, and I went to the event and there were all these people in all of these designer gowns, and then I got there and the staff members were like, "Oh, are you here for the celebrity red carpet?" And then they were like, not looking at me, and I'm like, "I'm fucking hot. My titties are out. My tummy is out. Like I'm showing like you know like flat fat glam like hot bitch you know like all this shit, but like cheaper right. And then I was like standing in front. And I was like, excuse me, I. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I am the relatable gotcha. one. I'm like, I'm the relatable celebrity. I'm like, excuse me, like, I think I'm supposed to go on the red carpet. And then they looked at me. Wait, and is this like, at the Critics' Choice Awards? No, this was at this, the Unforgettable Gala. It's like for the Asian American Awards. And then like, they right. looked at me and then they looked away. They're like, oh, excuse me, a celebrity red carpet to like other people. And I had to go and oh my find God. my PR person and tell them that I am a celebrity. And then they had to well, like go that, and prove oh that God. I am supposed to go on the red carpet. I saw your photos. You have, you uh, can we see your American Thank Express you, black? Thank you, Timmy. Yes, you did. You did look amazing, but that that doesn't make you realize, like, oh, you have to lead with your PR person. I and know, but PR I, people... I was just hoping. No, no, but Emily, you don't understand. I want them to look at me and be like, oh, she, she's famous. Sure, sure. If there's any <laughs> consolation, do. Roxy. Thank you, Colin. Uh, in, yes, you are wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I that's the impression. In college, I, I used to go. I used to work red carpets for like the TV station. You know, yeah, like yeah, doing yeah. it for real on Trojan Vision Fight On. Um, but what what all PR people do? Uh-huh. This is the one the one worthwhile thing that you learn because you know we're in Hollywood. We got we went to like all sorts of premieres. A PR handler 
will come with a little like index card and explain to all of the press who their client is. But I don't want and, any explanation. I just want, but, oh, who's that girl? I'm saying, you know, like the Eve song just are, keeps playing. Yeah. But literally, literally, like Ava DuVernay people, has a person that comes yeah, yeah, and yeah. tells yeah. Because this is Ava DuVernay. They all have talking points. I right? guess like, I get ahead of myself. Yeah. I, they don't know what you're like. The, the biggest stars in the world, they're like, hey, this PR person is like, hey, you need to ask them about these movies that are coming out. Because like, you know, I was like a dumb college kid. But like there were real reporters next to us and none of us had time to do our homework do you know okay, what I mean? so, okay, it's, it's, so it's not about should i spend you know, money on a celebrity stylist that's the important question always mm. yes it doesn't Damn it. you don't need a celebrity style you just need a stylist I have <laughs> <people for> you. <laughs> yeah roxy all of the the great your favorite makeup people do that work as well like that's their side hustle but but don't you think like haven't you been to a premiere like some fancy party and you see like the person that's wearing the most stylish outfit and you're like oh hey how's it going I'm Orin uh, you have you heard of just shoot it uh, and then I'm like who are you important person they're like oh uh, I'm just like you know my friend was a grip on this thing and he invited me <laughs> like no, I feel like there's seriously... no correlation between how nice you dress and how no famous there's you like are. a girl that's just like taking photos randomly and she's like dressed by Balenciaga you know like mm. purse by Gucci and I'm like pants by Amazon you know well, like, also Roxy they, make, they sell great pants you can also PR people hook you up with that stuff. Like the, I, those are all placements as well. So if you had a PR person in advance who you were like, oh, Roxy's going to these different places, they can reach out to okay. different brands. When Chrissy and I did the Emmys, we did that. Thank you for the tip, Enlo. Now I know how to yeah. ask for things as an Asian woman. I yeah. will learn. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you got it. You got it. I'm just saying. I just got to lead with my titties. I just got to do it. Yeah. Okay. There, there you go. You just, cool. you just ask for a dress for free and they'll be like, oh, Roxy wants a dress for free. Okay. And don't you think there's something cool about, I mean, I know the answer is, but that some, there's something cool about like people not knowing who you are. And then you're like, oh yeah, I actually directed this movie, you know? Yes I kind of no. like that. I do like that. That's you only like cool. That no offense, but that's cool. If you're a white man, like Roxy and I have spent our whole lives going to premieres of things and people looking at whatever man we're standing next to and saying, congratulations, it's getting better. Like it's better now, but it's just changed. <laughs> and so that's what I'm, I'm stuck on my soapbox. girl. I okay, know. Yes, I know. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred behind you. Um, but I had a good year. I had a good year. I had a good year. I did that movie. And then um, I did two episodes for Eli Roth's uh, Haunted Museum. We just got renewed for season two. And then I spent the last six months out of the year doing tarot card readings and working in something <laughs> called development. So that's been kind of nice to slow things down, even though I really beat myself up over it, you know? Yeah, well, hold, hold on real, real quick. When you say working in development, do you mean as a development person or you're developing things with companies? I'm basically developing five projects with writers and then taking them out to companies, yeah. So I haven't had anything acquired quite yet because I'm still in the process, but I think for the first time, I know that people know me as somebody who just is like doing work for like, always a lot of things but this is the first time where i feel like i finally am like thinking about what i want to do very deeply you know so i'm just grateful that this is the time for me to do that even though naturally i have the anxiety of chasing money i know that i talked about that on this podcast many times before you know yeah i'm trying to remember roxy if the if we talked about this just you and i or if it was on the show but you were 
doing a lot of genre work, right? And then this Lifetime movie is like a kind of a pivot for you, right? Where you were kind of like, you, the C.L.A. Roth show is still like a genre and super fun and, and part of your your passion, but you're branching out a little bit as well. Is that something that you explored more this year? Are the, the films that you're developing now, are they genre or are you kind of branching out into other forms as well? You know, um, I think that we have... I think, yeah, and Lo, you and I talk about this a lot. It's like being pigeonholed into a certain thing and wanting to branch out outside of that. So I just got repped by APA this year. I was with Abrams before. And, you know, this new team is like, what do you want to do? And I go, I want to flex my versatility. Like, more than anything, I want to be more than what I've been branded as. And to be frank, like, yeah, List of a Lifetime was great because it, it helped me explore another side of myself that I never really had the opportunity to. And now because it's getting a lot of recognition, people see that part of myself amplified. However, if I'm being very honest with myself, it's like as I'm developing, my voice keeps going back to genre. Like you could get hired, you could be all these things, but in the, in the end, it's like, like I know Tim does a lot of surrealism stuff, you know, Carlin does a lot of comedy. Like there's certain things that we just keep go- pulling back to like our authentic presentation of ourselves. So um, I guess to answer that question is, yes, I, I always greedily want opportunities to explore this vessel of my voice. But in the end, it's like, being honed it into one specific thing that you are known for gives you so much more power and clout. Right. Yeah. It does. I actually had that written down as one of my answers for a question we talked about. Oops. Is, sorry. Did I jump the gun on that? <laughs> no, 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 that it's great. I think we're kind of covering everything anyway, but I do think it's an interesting question. The like, you know, pursuing things and how you, you might find yourself straddling a line you didn't even know existed, be it like genre versus non-genre or another genre role on the team, creative director, director, any of these things I do think are, you know, do, do you do you play into the idea of picking, sticking with the one thing and fighting that fight? Or do you play into the idea that you can spread your wings and you can define, you know, you don't have to be consistent. You don't have to I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's both. And, and that's kind of what my realization was actually very recently. We might even do an episode about this. I've talked to a few of you about this, about like remaking my whole website, which is you can you can do everything and you can be everything. You can be a creative director. You can be a horror director. You can be a you know feature writer. But I think the important thing is when you're presenting yourself to someone that it's you're presenting one version of you. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I, cause I was a comedy director that does visual effects and made a couple features and has done episodic things and doing all this thing, this, this stuff, but I want to make this funny commercial for you. And people are like, yeah, well, we'd rather just get like a comedy director that's just going to focus on this comedy stuff. And we want to look, go to their website and just see funny commercials. We don't want to see a trailer for a sports drama. You know, how is that related? It's all diluting it, it itself. So I think, you know, I, I think you do say like, hey, when you're talking to agency people and you're trying to get a creative record job, you're a creative director, Tim, you know, and you understand production because that's where you come from. But now you're focused on communicating with people in whatever way it is and finding, you know, cool, creative ways to do it. And here's three things I did that I was a creative director on, you know, or Carlin, when you're pitching to like write a movie, it's like, yeah, you directed whatever some super famous celebrity in a commercial last week. But like you have a deal with Netflix, you did that, you know, you won this award, whatever it is, like, I think, um, to me, this, this year is, 
it's funny. We've been doing this podcast for like 800 years and like we heard this on like our seventh episode, but this year to me is like the, like if you want someone to think of you in a certain way, present yourself to them in that way. But I think the addendum to that or whatever is you, you don't have to do it the same way for every person you're interacting with. You know, I can be a visual effects artist when I'm talking to Chloe well, Zhao. We're talking about Oren is exploring polyamory finally. Love. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I Lord. love polygons. I love uh, uh, poly- and So, yes. but this conversation makes me think of Carlin a little bit because, you know, I think she's that been silent except for because she's been silent. I, don't I, I got you covered. I got the segue. <laughs> waiting for Oren to finish. Here we go. Okay. Uh, but no, but so we, we, Roxy, we were talking about like, okay, you, you love, you're refocusing on horror. It sounds like Tim, you got surrealism Oren, you've got comedy. Carlin, I feel like you and I see eye to eye in a certain sense that like, there's a type of comedy that you and I both love to do. And I feel personally, I felt a little frustrated. Like there's not that many people making like, like adult, comedies anymore and when i say adult comedies i mean adult problems not like raunchy right like there aren't there aren't many james l brooks movies out there anymore do you know what i mean like we're not seeing another broadcast news and that's or you know and that's that's really challenging but carlin you've had a pretty successful year and do you feel like you're writing in that specific wheelhouse or do you feel do you feel limited by uh, quote unquote adult dialogue driven comedy or I'm not doing out? any adult dialogue driven comedy <laughs> which sure. is because they're I'm, not making them and right. does that bother you well they're making yeah. it for TV but not yeah, 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 TV. Yeah, that's well, totally accurate yeah I yeah to piggyback off this whole how do you define your voice kind of question I do think this year I've I've decided to kind of go all in on really specifying what I do, quote unquote. And that is different for commercials than it is for my narrative career. Cause I mean, everyone here knows probably been on the podcast a thousand times, but I got my first big writing job this year. I've been writing, adapting this book for Netflix. I literally turned in the second draft this morning. Uh, yay, congratulations. They don't have to continue to hire me after this. This is the last step technically in my contract unless they we keep going but we'll see what happens um so but interestingly enough my narrative career has has turned into like pretty ya comedy focus like female ya edgy sometimes gay you know like that's sort of like my narrative wheelhouse and you know even two weeks ago my team sent me a script a feature script to direct that um it was like two girls like called I won't say what it is. It was like about these girls that were on prom night. Mm-hmm. And, we're saying um, thanks to Booksmart, you're getting <laughs> more scripts. Is basically maybe, yeah, probably. And so, so it was like a high school girl comedy, and I was kind of like, "Fuck, fuck me!" Like another one of these scripts because I already turned down a bunch of them, but I loved it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is the funniest script I've read in years!" It was so good. I love it. I love it so much. It's just, it is about two girls in high school, and I'm like, "Here I am again." <laughs> uh, attaching myself to another high school movie but um yeah and like my other feature is still we pitched to film nation a couple days ago they're interested we'll see what happens i mean that's still like you know making features is very tough but um but yeah it's been interesting i kind of was like should i resist this ya comedy thing like do i even like that but i think i do yes. actually ya is awesome 
It's like the best. Yeah, I mean, being in high, high, like high school. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm also attached to like a like a horror comedy, you know, college thing. That's still why. I, so it's just, I do kind of love that space, and I'm not going to want to do it forever, but I'm happy to do it now, and it resonates with me now. And if that's how I get my foot in the door, right. great. Yeah, you know, I, it it does beg the question: like, does your is your voice defined by what work is available? Right. Right. Exactly. And I think it's it sounds like maybe Roxy is kind of on the other edge of other end of that conversation where like maybe that was the question beforehand. You spread your wings out and you realize, no, this is actually who I am. Yeah. But I, I think I think what Roxy said really resonates with me about how you there's kind of this gravity that's pulling you towards this thing that you're kind of good at and that you really have fun making. And as much as you say, like, as much as you think like you know, your favorite movie of the year is Portrait of a Lady on Fire and you wish you could make movies like that, you still go and make like The Hangover because that's like, that that's what comes naturally and it's easy and it's not, you know, you can, like you look at like an Adam McKay or someone that like totally went from like wacky comedies to like not serious drama, but like cutting drama, I guess. And you see how he does, you know, kind of some of this like handheld cameras, like, like he brings the things that he really likes and that's actually one of the things you know, I was saying maybe we could talk about like what we've learned about our own like visual style and stuff this year, because I don't know, I feel like we never talk about it. I'm really curious. Like I watch the trailers, Roxy, of your stuff and it's like everything looks so amazing. And Carlin, your stuff is like so great. And t- I mean, ev- everyone makes these cool things. We never talk about like how we how we choose to make things like that. But for me, I I've you know, I watch like I'll watch a Geico commercial and it's like framed perfectly and the camera's not moving. And I'm like, I want to do that. And then I do it and it, it's not that good. And but when as soon as the camera is like handheld, I feel like free again, you know, and that's like how I started making YouTube videos or whatever back in the day. And like, I think sometimes we resist our like our instincts because we want to we want to make this stuff that we see other people make. But also, I think it's good to just go back. So, you know, why like you wrote that feature, Carlin? I mean, ever since the that first thing you told us about what got you into like writing, you know, about your, your family member, you know, and you asked her some kid about what they thought sex means or something. Yeah. Like, like you can say maybe you fell into this because that's the work that was available, but you can see back in your history that there's something that's easy about this, this category for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask Roxy, like you're, when you bring up this decision to go wide or stay, stay in one line or whatever you want to call it, is that is there a reason you're what's making you ask that question or answer that question right now is something in particular compelling you to i must decide or are you seeing like focused people succeeding in a way that you want to succeed it's so weird because i think that we can't help but feel how our career is being viewed by others and i've had people tell me you should be so much farther than when you are now you know and i'm like Oh, but I'm happy where I am now, right? Fuck that person. Who told yeah, they're you just, that? That's yeah, they're just, and then other people are saying like, you're in a really good position. Yeah. Or like, you're in a really good spot. And I'm like, constantly, whenever I have conversations with different people, it's always amazing how I see them perceive my career because how I perceive it is completely different. And so for the longest time, it's like I've been for hire forever. Of course, Enlo knows me the most intimately regarding this. And, you know, it's also because of his friendship that I was able to really grow as well and find my own confidence in like knowing that I can direct. But I think right now it's just like 
really finding confidence that I know what I'm doing. And and I feel that no matter where we are in a career, we talk about imposter syndrome. We talk about feeling behind, like, you know, Chloe Zhao's career. We could always talk about that because like, she's also another Asian woman, right? Like everyone's always going to put, put you in some sort of page or some sort of comparison. And I just realized that no matter what I do, I can't satisfy what people think of me. And um, I think it really reached a breaking point in Toronto when I was shooting the TV show and I was so burnt out and COVID was a nightmare and I was so tired and I was just like... The, you were shooting right in the, the thick of it, especially in Canada, right? Yeah, the Did Delta third wave. That? That's a crazy story. <laughs> I know. Okay, so so let me just... let me. I told Tim when we hung out, but it, let me just paint this picture. There was... um. It got to it got so badly to a point where we had a five page exorcism scene with monster effects, visual effects, stunts, a 12 year old. Right. And then seven players in a room and exorcism scenes, the energy rises. Right. It escalates, escalates, ex escalates. And then you have the 12 year old who's being possessed. And I'm like, OK, I could do this in four hours. Right. I could I could shoot this scene in four hours. And then I five got on pages? set. <laughs> yeah yeah i was like i could do this i could do this i was like let me just rehearse this let me block this i can everyone do this. get out their iphone i know I was, like, the we got this. I was like we got this what? i got this i got this i was like i can do it and then like the 80s like no you're gonna need the whole six and i'm like no i can do this and then i got on set and then the COVID team was like you can't rehearse you can't block and i'm like what and they said there's too many bodies in this in this room and then so 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 I said, well, how am I, how are the actors supposed to know what they're doing? And they're like, you could rehearse in three different rooms and just run the lines together, like downstairs or something. And I go, you don't understand. There's action here. There's like blocking, like, like there's marks. Like we actually have to understand what's happening in the scene. And then my DP was so defeated and he was like, it doesn't matter. Like a sound person couldn't be in there either. Like they just had to tape some sort of mic or whatever. Right. And then, I have to think about the fact that my 12 year old only has enough energy before his voice runs hoarse and how many takes I have with him. And then, so my DP was like, uh, he was over. He was like, all right, who do we shoot off first? And I'm like, I don't have any idea what we're doing, you know? So then I literally blind, I just ran the scene and I just covered what I could. And then I just had the script supervisor write in the editor notes, like really frenetic, really build this up in the edit, right? Let's, let's lean into the sort of disjointed, sort of non-continuous editing and just really feed into the frenetic energy. But because the performers are acting by themselves, because like not all the players are in there, not all the lines are being read, I have to be screaming from like two doors down what's happening. I never want to do that ever again. And That's like- incredible. It was, it was, How'd it was, it, it was out? the worst. It was really good. I sent it to you guys. nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I was, yeah. I was just like, I was like, fuck this. I was like, I took the universe. I'm like, no more work for a while. And it's true. I haven't been on set for anything big for the rest of the year, but you know what? That's why it's good. Though. It's good. I know. I was like telling Tim, I was like, I just, I was, I've been through a lot of stuff, but you telling me that I cannot block a seven-player, five-page exorcism scene with stunts and visual effects and monster effects and all in a twelve-year-old. You know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, how, how do you? How do you yeah. make the show? I, yeah. And just just as an aside, from my point of view, Roxy, your career is like skyrocketing, like super fast. You were on our podcast like three years ago, saying that you basically are a producer that's kind of trying to direct a little bit. 
And now you're like flying all over the world directing like, movie stars and getting nominated for Critics' Choice Awards and going Thank to you. black tie events. I don't even, I just threw my black tie out. I don't even <laughs> Can I, wait, I could have borrowed it, man, because now I, I know I what it needs. I, like I could have used it. Yeah. Carlin and I could it's go together. So. <laughs> Use it. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. It's always good to have that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any um, like shows or movies that you guys saw this year that kind of changed the way you thought about like filmmaking or that like influenced your work? I mean, (laughs) the movie Annette. Did you guys see that movie? (laughs) No. Musical, right? It's that musical, right? It's that musical. I mean, yeah. it's uh-huh. on. Who has Amazon Prime, right? I mean, who? I saw it, guys. <laughs> I saw it at the Hollywood Forever. It was oh. the first time. Uh, first time seeing a movie with people in over a year. You're, you're having a religious experience, is what I was having oh. religious experience. Sure. And and it's yeah. a weird ass movie. That what's great about it, and it's definitely not a good movie. But I loved it, and I watched. I've seen it twice. But it's I can't recommend it because it's so whack. The movie. It's like aesthetically confrontational. Like there is not a scene, for me at least, where I was on the edge of my seat as to whether I thought this was brilliant or terrible. Mm. Wow. Uh, That's special. Yeah. 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 I I felt that way about Titana. Did you you guys watch Titana? Uh, Oh, yeah. No, but I, yeah, I've heard of, read many reviews. That's a cool, yeah. cool answer for me. I've yeah. read a lot about it. Wait, Tim, did you watch it? Tim, did you watch it? Is that a yes no. or no? I, okay. No, okay. I wanted no, to hear None of you guys or... watched Shatana? Oh, gosh. I know. I felt Why? the same way. I wanted to eat. I, I, I like hated it so much. And then everybody was saying how much they loved it. And I'm like, I am part of the non-intellectual crowd. Yeah. I feel like, that way about so many things. <laughs> No, okay, but, true, true, true. It's good but, to know I, you're a populist, though. It's yeah, like, okay, exactly. Like, oh, this is just what my taste is. Well, yeah, there's some you... movies I saw this year that I really, really disliked, and I cannot mention what they are. It was on the mine. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you but said awkward. you brought up someone earlier. But everyone loved them. Who, oh, well, I was trying to non I was trying to sequitur, but um, you kept talking. Uh, I'm, trying to, so. I'm trying to non sequitur. Um, thank you. Oh, so you said um, the the director Adam McKay earlier, and I saw a preview screening of Don't Look Up. Oh, do tell, do tell. Man, I fucking loved it. I think it's genius. Oh, I think oh, it's really so cool. good. And I know it's getting. I read a bunch of shitty reviews, and I even commented on one on Variety today that I was like, I actually <laughs> love the film. And these trolls immediately were like, they're paying the libs to say this, and I was like, what are you? talking about like all oh i said God. was i loved it but um, i mean they didn't pay I just, they did i, I am rich that's from, cool that's good to hear yeah but i i really i'm like i man i just thought it was on par with network which is another one of my favorite movies of all time like i do love satire so maybe if you don't love satire you're not gonna like it but i just thought it was so funny so uncomfortable the performances were great like climate change is the biggest crisis of this generation like we need we do need to wake up you know and i think it was such a smart way to talk about it because it was really quite funny and um i just think he's a genius and he's every meeting i have i'm like that's the career that i want because i want to make dumb comedies and i also want (laughs) to make stuff that has a message that's dumb but smart right dumb but smart that's the brand but But there is something about comedy directors that they know how to like keep a scene right uh engaging you know in a way because you just cannot you know, lose people. And I think he's become like kind of a master at that. Yeah. 
with his I background. just can't believe it's not getting the best reviews because I, I just no, I can't wait I'm to see shocked. that and Licorice Pizza. I mean, there's so, all the movies, but I, yeah. I don't really watch that many movies. I know this is like a super, super obvious one, but I did think like Squid Game was like. A, oh, right. A, yeah. A, like a show. It's like at the same time, a show that's just like so obvious and you feel like you've seen a million times before, but also they've done things in ways that I haven't really seen. Like the whole, st- I, have you guys seen the show? Dude, Korea's just like killing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like the way they structure just the first, second and third episodes, it's kind of like a cable show and a network show at the same time. It's like a giant ensemble cast, but it's introduced to you like with a main character, like kind of like Mad Men, you know, in the first episode. And then just the, the cliffhangers and the way that they, you know, they've, like there's Netflix shows that had 10 times the budget of that show that just cannot even touch it in terms of like viewership and connecting with, with just so many people. The story that was somewhat forced down her throat, but it was amazing that he, he was shopping that around and told go away for 10 years or something. And, and that, it, you know, that's incredible. It's so inspiring for yeah, Queens that. Gambit too. They had that same story, right? I mean, you hear that all the time. Do we um, really have to suffer for our art like that much? Come on. Ugh. No, but we have to sell the other show that like I, you know, is it like a in season 55 or something? But like, I've just really been thinking about like Curb and your enthusiasm is like one of my favorite shows. And just the just how that you can so much sense, actually. <laughs> this season is truly great. This season. Yeah, but every single really season great. is great. Like last season where he like wore the MAGA hat just in L.A. so that nobody would want to sit next to him and he'd have more room at restaurants. Like, <laughs> like I just love how he just extracts, you know, and I know it's like was born in Seinfeld, but it just gives you permission to like to find the dumbest little things in your life and bring them, put them on the screen. You know, it doesn't this the stakes can be high, even if it's like this tiny thing. And I, I just like every time I see an episode, I'm just like enamored by how many little dumb things from life you can dramatize. You know, it's funny you bring up Curb because I feel like this year uh, between everything going on in the world and in my life all i wanted was comfort food and i had i kind of had like dropped off with curb like there i have issues with it here or there but just recently started rewatching it because the new season was coming out and also because like uh for uh irregular listeners i have a brand new baby so that plus a pandemic i haven't been out in the world very much and so uh watching like a very specific la show was really comforting and it's also something you can watch it to in the morning in the middle of a feeding and then drop off and pick back up and it's not a big deal right like you know it's it's pretty um episodic in that way but the thing that struck me about it is that especially those early seasons they're quite ugly they're quite rough around the edges and i've i've been kind of thinking to myself for the last year what does a truly funny mumblecore comedy look like like, not just like, oh, you know, uh, quirky little one-liners here and there and what's essentially a drama. What's a, a co- capital C comedy look like? And that, that's what Curb is, basically. Yeah, and it's one of the few shows that really is improvised to some, you know, I know they, obviously they they have their structure, they know the jokes and everything, but they do improvise on that show in a way that, even though every, you, you know, one always, like, wants improvisers, like, no other show really has ever improvised. Right. Um, and that one is so not not that that's a good thing, um, but 
you know, when you have like some of the best actors, though, uh, I do, you know, I know some of that cast has recently been in some hot water for, for not very good behavior. But, uh, but uh, speaking of like comfort food in our times, my a friend and I started, we have like something we've co-written that's got a bit of a social commentary, also kind of dumb vibe to it. And it's got a uh, kind of B-movie horror sort of aesthetic overall that's also handled in a really dumb way. And uh, so we started, you know, just sending it to his manager and a few people. And the response was, look, everybody loves Ted Lasso. And like, you know, if you, if you, this feels a bit heavy right now and uh, everybody wants something that's kind of lighthearted and brings people together. We, we know that there's like a promising ray of sunshine coming or whatever, which I, but, have you seen season two? Yeah, oh, I have not. No, no. <laughs> no, it's 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 not as good. It's kind no, of okay. Yeah. That was a joke about them asking. No, for, for sure. Yeah, I definitely yeah. that just that on that note of this idea of like, you know, there is some truth. I think you know people want they want some solace from the storm or whatever you want to say, and and programming and TV shows can do that. But like to me, I'm like, why would their advice be? to chase after a one show that stands out during the most unusual time period in the last 100 years. Like, yeah, just run towards that. Like, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you talking right, about? Right, because then, on the other hand... A show, too. Yeah. Right? What? And Squid Games killed, right? And, and that Squid was so Games. fucking dark. This is one of my yeah. major pet peeves about our industry, and, like, I'm sure we all have thought this a thousand times, but anytime a team is like, we're looking for this, like this is hot right now. You're like, you're, we're too fucking late. Like it's too late. Whatever you're looking for now, you should have made it. You should have be, you should be editing it now or releasing it now. Like this is too, too late. Like, no, don't chase the trends. It's not worth it. I will say sometimes it's valuable to, if you have a friend with an idea or a concept and it seems like a little rough around the edges, sometimes and I don't know if it's helpful, but I've done this to people before is I'm like, Oh, you should watch this. Like my friend was kind of doing a show that's like about a young person in LA, like writing a script. And I was like, oh, you should, you should check out Master of None, kind of how they bounce around like structure and stuff because he wanted to tell like big stories and small stories and all these different things. And so I feel like you can kind of like say like, oh, here's an, an angle. You know, maybe if you do t- the Ted Lasso angle, like the overly nice person or whatever, it is, you know, but obviously but saying like, like, oh, like you should Kimmy make something Schmidt. like Ted Lasso. There's been plenty of these characters over the year. It's an archetype. Yeah. I think it's such a bad idea to pander (laughs) to your, like, your person. Yeah, yeah. pandering. Yeah, I mean, you want to trust the people who are supposedly giving you a lift or knocking on doors for you. I mean, you obviously want to trust them, and that's important. But, you know, there's got to be... You can't take notes Everybody wants to... Everybody wants there to be... We all, I think... Uh, want to believe in a vision and a spark and and true responses from the body and mind that lead towards art as opposed to triangulating and like math equations floating in front of my face you know like that's just not how good stuff is made it's and that's like why it takes 10 years to develop something that's truly original and that's like the ugly beast right because everyone's always chasing after that totem pole and they never learn from it. And you're like, wait, but I have something that's ahead of the wave. Are you willing to take a risk on it? But they're like, we can't monetize that risk. Right? They don't understand it. They don't know what no. they're looking at until it's proven and already kind of in, in season two, apparently. 
you know what I love? I'm going to go a little salty a little bit when I take generals. And then they're just like, we want something that's truly uniquely yours, but also something that's commercially viable and like that everybody can ingest. And I'm like, so you're telling me nothing cool, you know? Right. You want something that you can sell. They may say it differently, but it's always the same. And if you have any ideas, just send us some log lines. Like, we love to hear your ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Kill me. And you're like, why would I do that? I don't want to waste my energy. Maybe I've been doing general or general is wrong. But I'm like, I'm sorry, but like when I find like a dope article, you're not going to be my first contact. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the truth about generals, right? Like, I think that development people think of it as like, oh, I'm interviewing all these cool writer directors so that I know who to call when the time is right. It's the other way around, right? Because really, the number of truly awesome development people out there is pretty small. Yes. And so like Agreed. when you find them. And Carlin, you do find that great magazine article that you want to option. You know who to take it to. You know, we're interviewing them and the other way around. I can name every great development person I've ever met on one hand. That's, wow. Well, that, I think the IP, I think this is a tangent, but the IP stuff is so tough because I, I understand that, like, that's how to sell things nowadays. But any book that I read, any any article that I read, it's like it's already been sold and optioned and it's already so high. Like within minutes. Yeah. It's already taken. My mom every year, she sends me stuff all the time though. She's always like, there's a book called The Witch Way Tree. I did hear Robert Duvall has it. I'm like, mother. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're like, mom, (laughs) if it has been, if you can purchase it, it's too late. That's the truth, right? Exactly. When I first moved to LA, I did that like a couple of times. I'd write like something based on an article. I'd be like, let's find the writer in it. They're like, no. I I have an old friend who sold a movie last year to like Warner. It's a big, a big, big, big movie. And it was an old, Hugo Award winning sci-fi short story from like the mid 70s. That's smart. That's that's the move. That's the move. Have have you guys seen this trailer for this new movie with Nick Cage about Nick Cage being Nick Cage? Yes. Oh, the no. Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, no, not the big one. Oh, wow. Speaking okay. of generals, I did have a general of that company, and they told me about that movie. This was like eight months ago, and I was like, that's fucking incredible. That sounds yeah. awesome. That's IP. He really, yeah. He really needs, I, the, he, he's just playing himself. I mean, he's terrible with money. He does I mean, need money. Do, yeah. Yeah. But I think the writer of that, I I do not know this for a fact, I, and I'm sure it's out there, but I kind of got the impression that the writer just like wrote the script kind of like being John Malkovich you know he just wrote yeah. that script they did um, and, and they, just they, approached they, Nicholas Cage that's exactly said, what hey. happened yeah. am I so my that, own IP well <laughs> yeah Roxy I, do you want to make <laughs> a movie about you right now. I was like wait a second I'm having a metaphysical moment right now y'all all my crystals are here and I'm like I am an IP <laughs> yeah we just <laughs> used to call it our IP address <laughs> Multiple. not now no more uh, artists, only intellectual properties. That's we're right. All, yeah, content and, and IP. Intellectual <laughs> people, people tease. By the way, yeah, yeah we're selling exactly. this episode as an NFT. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. three hundred NFT. Yeah, someone's <laughs> gonna rein this in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to. So, um, so, so I love the this kind of introspective tangent that we're going on. I'm wondering. Uh, about process, right? We all had a little bit of time to work on ourselves, think about what we're doing. And we, it sounds like everyone's kind of hit the pavement in terms of developing new stuff. 
is there something that has changed about the way that you approach your work or you know has it evolved at all or is it like oh no um the pomodoro method is really my shit and i'm gonna live live by it deep work carlin Kick us off. How's it going? Are you Boy, still doing here that? I am. Of course, I'm doing that. I will die doing deep work. I will be. I will be at the hospice. So it's, being it's like, though. wow. You're you're all about that deep work still. I am when I'm writing. If I'm not, actually, that's not. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what I'm writing. If I'm writing a treatment, I'm all about the deep work. If I'm writing a script, I'm about it. And I, remind I, us, give us the cliff notes that on is. deep work. Yeah, it's just basically like rid yourself of distractions, get rid of your internet and phone. And so I still put my phone in a different room. I put do not disturb. I usually turn off my internet. I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? It's not like I can do 10 hours. Is a it day. regimented though? Is there, is there like, Oh, uh, I do it for 20 minutes and then I take a break or how does it work? Not really. I mainly do it for hours at a time by now. Like I'll start at 830 or something and then I won't stop until I'll stop to get coffee and stuff. But I won't I won't answer texts and emails and things usually until the afternoon. Wow, that is monk shit, when my house girl. was on fire, you came with buckets like six yeah, hours later. Exactly. Yeah. And that wow. see the pro and like actually I did write down one thing and I the one thing I've learned about myself this year is that it's okay to set boundaries. God, I sound like so annoying saying that and so I, I'm like, shut the fuck up, lady on the podcast. But it is true. Like even today, I'm I'm doing these like Nikki Glazer promos in a few weeks, like right after Christmas and I've had to tell them like three times I'm unavailable during Christmas. I'm going to Oaxaca with my girlfriend for nine days. I've never taken a nine day vacation, never in my life. Not once. You deserve every it, day. Yeah. And every day, mm-hmm. every day they're like, so do you think? And I'm like, I'm not taking my laptop to Oaxaca. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? And so, and so I am learning that like, it's okay to be unavailable sometimes. Like, it's it it's not it doesn't feel it's hard it's still hard for me because i'm i'm like a sometimes can be a people pleaser like a lot of us but it really helps get work done when you set boundaries and when you prioritize what you need to get done yeah i'm still i'm still about that's what happens when you're born into the body of a woman honey people pleasing is just something that you're gonna have to unlearn (laughs) yep i know what's my excuse yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I last week had this job, and they were like, "Yeah, you just got to show us the stuff on Friday." And I showed them Friday afternoon, and they're like, "We have uh, some notes. Can you turn them around tonight?" And I was like, "No, it's Friday night, and I have Good something with you. my family." Good and then you. they're like, "What about tomorrow?" I'm like, uh, "No, I'm not available this weekend. I have whatever you know, a long list of kid things." They're like, uh, "Okay, so like, can you work on a little?" Anyway, long story short, I worked all of Saturday. Getting <laughs> them this this thing that they desperately needed to see ASAP East Coast time in the morning. Of course, of they course. didn't respond to me about it until Tuesday. Oh, I, so. see, and this is why you just have to do it. But our, I just want to say, Orin, I know you quite well. I am really proud of you for saying that Friday night because yeah, I know really. that's not that's not something that you're used to doing necessarily. And I think no, but I ended up doing it anyway. But don't uh, beat yourself up with that. Congratulate yourself that you did put the boundary down at least on Friday night. So now you learned that it's okay to do it for Saturday too. Baby no steps, Lauren. Celebrate by having yeah. more Baileys. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I am getting better. I think this, this year was like yeah. one of the years where someone's like, hey, you know, we're going to pay you like, uh, you know, this job kind of went away. So we're going to pay you for a day and da, da, da. cool. So great. Thanks for working. I'll be like, uh, hold on before you hang up. Like I, 
you know, canceled these things to do this job. And I worked on it for three days. I did this thing on Monday and thing on Tuesday, not to mention like the 14 phone calls we had, you know, around that, like, I, can you pay me for two and a half days or whatever? You know, I want to be reasonable. And, and no one's ever said, everyone's like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's figure it out. They don't know until you speak up, you have to speak up or else nothing. Yeah. It's hard hard to to ask for money. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, Roxy, because sometimes nice. they literally don't, and it's not their money either way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm like, I want to be paid $3 trillion on my next job. Thank you. So I could buy a private jet with Benedict Cumberbatch as my pilot. I am deeply manifesting this. <laughs> it is crazy, though, because like I like even on this like Nikki Glaser thing that I'm doing, I'm also writing the scripts with like their, the team at NBC and um, I wrote the first, I wrote a script and put it in there 30 seconds. So I wrote a script and put it in the treatment just to kind of win the job. And then I got the job and they're like, okay, can you do three more of these? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it for $10,000. Mm. And they were like, huh? And I was like, cause you know, I'm going to do like 10 rounds of notes. We're going to change blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, I, and they said, yes. Oh, there so, you go. Uh, but then I wouldn't have gotten an extra bump for writing it. But I'm like, I ain't got time for this stuff. I'm but see, that's crazy. Like, do. like, did you remember like feeling that block of fear right before you asked for yes. that though? Like, yeah. no matter how good you get at that, there's always that doubt that maybe you're overstepping, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Yeah. Which is yeah. so and, wrong. I, I can make Canadian already, dollars. You won dollars, the job. Right? It's a giant corporation. Right. It would be so much work, and they would have to eat so much shit because they vouch for you, Carlin. Right, exactly. like they had to go to their bosses and be like, um, "We're mind. firing Carlin over yeah. some money," and they're like, "Well, how much? Ten thousand dollars? Oh, this isn't even worth bringing up to me." Yeah, right. It's nothing. I mean, exactly. for just as a counterpoint, I've definitely worked on many jobs where ten thousand dollar writing fee out of nowhere would like sure. would have made a difference to the budget. Sure, sure, but, but think, not yeah. a, not on but not an, on an NBC an thing. NBC TV show. That's not an issue. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I have a thing where I'm, I'm waiting to hear whether I got it that would take me uh, overseas to shoot something uh, right at the beginning of January. So we'll see how ill-fated this is, this whole plan is. But the, uh, <laughs> I love these jobs. Yeah, that's gonna <laughs> be great. Lucky if you want to get the job for sure, just plan a vacation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? True. Mm, gotta do that. You're right. So in any case, the, uh, but you know, my reps were basically coming back to me and saying, the production company thinks they need to squeeze this a little bit. Can you work for a lesser than rate? And it was quite a, a hit. And I basically, you know, it was just like the same conversation. But I think, you know, I also was kind of like, I guess I should say, yes, I want to get the job. It's better to have the job than not to have the job, right? You start telling you, you start trying to quiet all the thoughts. But then instead, I was like, no, don't quiet me. Like, let me just search my soul here. And then I kind of came up with like three different reasons right off the bat of like as to why they, I had already been working for this job. Uh, It was a very complicated job. It it will be. And it's like, I'll be doing so much extra work actually, because it's like my usual shit involves projections and all this other stuff. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, why? And so I, and I basically just said to the rep, I was like, I'm getting afraid you know, yeah, you, know, you try to couch it in ways that they understand you're a real person. You, you not not to be. I try not to be an asshole to people. You know, I just try to just say like I'm getting worried that this is literally like half of what I was hoping for for this project. You know, because it was almost if you look at a few things and look at it, right. And they came back and said, "Great, you're right. We 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 brought it back up again, and we won't have to talk about that again." You know, and sort of the same thing of just like amazing. If you educate your client slash customer, sometimes in just the right way, 
they'll they'll get it you know in your case you Tim, said you're so cool Ugh. well let me ask you guys do you so ever pissed. feel <laughs> like carlin I was pissed. and tim like do you ever feel when you say that that like the bar is now higher like the script better be fucking good and this yeah, well, they were going to phone it in if they weren't getting paid. I mean, right? to me, it's Just like kidding, of absolutely. Not. I mean, to me, there's like you know, there's this whole aspirational thing going inside us as artists, and like I already felt like I, I have worked on this thing for days. There's, it's a thirty-page treatment here. Like this is, and, and they're calling from another country for me to direct it. Like we're we're already at, we're at a high level here, folks. Like. If they want someone flying there, then they surely think I'm hot shit. And some, yeah, to some you're degree. top shelf whiskey, baby. You're just like, thank you. You know, yeah, yeah. he beat Maroon Five. Have you heard of them? <laughs> yeah, I Bailey's. Mean, you ever heard of Bailey's? This, we talked about this too, Warren. But like this Jack in the Box thing I did recently, they really tried to get me to come down on the rate, and I did give them like a two thousand dollar discount. But like this producer called me multiple times and was like. If you could just do it for like you want, and I just was like, no, <laughs> really nicely. I was like, I'll do it for this much. That's it. And I was like, if you, if I'm not the right person for this, and that's not, I'm not in your budget. No worries, like no problem. That's fine. You know, I totally get it. Like you have a budget. You have, that's your job, and my job is to is prioritize my time, and I can't prioritize this job if it's not if I'm not getting paid close to my rate. And yeah. they paid me. You know, oddly like, enough, I told that same producer the same thing. And um, why he, really? That's so crazy. I mean, I, 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 I guess I told him it was like, it seemed like, I told him it seemed like if you wanted it to be good, it would take a lot of work. I'm sorry. I, I always lowballed you in the past and low. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That's true. I love it's you. True. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm listening to this. I'm like loving all these confidence vibes. And I'm like, wait, I royally screwed over someone. Here. <laughs> you didn't. We were, we were like early in our. Exactly. It was our, early in our career. I'm so sure. glad we're still yeah. friends. We're all in a different place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, great. again, like, yeah. I joined the WGA this year. So, like, yeah, you're going to, like, I'm getting, I'm like a real, I'm supposedly a real writer. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. But, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, you should pay me. Because you know how it is. Like, the more you, the more you do this, the more I know. I'm not just going to write three scripts. I'm going to write 20. And it's going to be making changes all the time. And I want you to have the freedom to ask that of me. So I need that from you. Also, to answer my own question, <laughs> even when they don't pay you more, you still feel that pressure to deliver right. good stuff, right? So right. Yeah, yeah. Might right. as well yeah. get paid more. The motivation exactly. to do great work doesn't have a ton to do with the money. The money no, is to exactly. on your point is the freedom to not take on additional work. The freedom. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You, in a sense, you are protecting your future jobs. Uh, like you're giving them the space to also be good. Like there's a, there's a whole momentum thing going on here. You could, uh, you know, be, uh, sold down. Like you could, what do you call it when you the price is reduced, not upsell, but the opposite of that, you could go, you could race all the way to the bottom it's, doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discount your way to the bottom. Yeah. My, if you're not careful. my favorite move this year I did was, uh, I was up for this job and we were pitching and, uh, you know, for commercial, you're up against other companies and, I'd done my treatment and everything. And then they came back and they said, look, this other company said that they can do like twice as many shoot days and they'll shoot in their hometown and then shoot at the location. Um, can we do that? And I was like, uh, if they can do that, they should definitely go with the other company. Exactly. Um, and then I, I got the job. 
Yeah, um, there you go. See? You know, 2022, we are just, yeah, we're just not accepting anything lower than that because we're just too tired, right? Yep. <laughs> well, I think too before tired. we were coming from a, a place of scarcity. Oh, right? 2020. Like it didn't, there were no jobs to be had, Oops. it felt like. Right? Yeah, especially yeah. during COVID, especially during the first part of COVID. I'm sure, I mean, I did stuff for hardly any money. You just wanted to work because we were, mm-hmm. it was scary. And yeah. you wanted a sense of self too, right? Yes, it's like, oh, true. like just feeling creative and, and doing something outside of, you know, watching Bake Off in your apartment. Um, I mean, I, I had multiple conversations with my wife where it was like, she's like, but should you work? Should you do this? Should we do that? Like, you know, and you see every, it's still while people are making sourdough at home or whatever. And you, at some moment point, everyone was like, look, this, we don't know when this is going to end. We have to kind of do our thing that, def- that helps us define our day and our routine. And, you know, we can't just like wait forever. Um, yeah, exactly. For a well, second, so, it felt like our lives were on pause. And then you realize like, no, this is just our, our lives. Yeah, <laughs> True. Yeah. This isn't we're, like a little vacation. What a deja vu too. Here we are back again. This really does feel like yesterday. I mean, I still remember Tim just like freezing and like not being able to hear him <laughs> oh and us God. going, Tim, Tim, just try again. Oh, Let's I'm text sorry. him, just log back in. But now, no, it feels different because Tim's here. So it is not Yay. exactly like last it took year. Tim Yay. one year longer than the rest of us to learn how to <laughs> use Zoom. And, and No, y'all, I was out at my parents' house in rural Florida where there was nothing. Blame the parents. It was crazy. Um, Florida, which it's like uh, Gainesville, North Central Florida. It's like rural, so scrappy. Like, that's like the South. That's the part of exactly. Florida that I'm like may as well be Arkansas. It, it is. It's like it's not no. Florida. It's Florida. Right. Florida. 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 It's Florida. Yeah, for real. It's, it was it's great. Real, that's real. No cool. signal. Well, all COVID. Uh, unrelated to Florida, what do you what are you guys thinking about 2022? What's Actually, before I, I do want to pivot to that, I think that I do want to bring up the process question real quick for myself because I'm oh, curious yes. to hear what you guys all have to say, specifically Carlin. So, uh, Carlin, I was teasing you about deep work, <laughs> deep work, <laughs> right? Deep oh, right. Work. And so, uh, so the name of, in the uh, last an adult YA film, cu- couple <laughs> couple weeks, Carlin's working on. My time has become much more scattered and much uh, more scarce. And so I've really tried to embrace um, a mentality of writing whenever with whatever time I have, whether that's 30 seconds or seven minutes, it's normally about that range. <laughs> and so progress has been incremental. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, but I think it is a, a very, and Oren, you know, uh, I'm preaching to the choir here. He's been tell- talking about this for five years. You know, it, it, it becomes a different deal. It's not like I would wake up it's 6 a.m. and brew an espresso and, you know, go outside and crack a couple pages open. It's it's truly just like I'm going to have my laptop with me. And as soon as my kid falls asleep for a, a second or two, I'm going to try and bang out half a page or something. Um, and it is a very different way of working to mixed results, I would say. It's hard to tell, frankly. That's that, that maybe the biggest problem is that it's hard to tell if it's good or not, because like the ability to like establish flow becomes a lot harder which is, I think, what what deep work is about, basically. I mean, it's also really hard for you have to, for you to get that break from your kid and not actually like read the news or go on Twitter or see like, you know. That's maybe what I'm describing is that like it has to. I've realized that if I don't do that, I will not get literally any writing mm-hmm. done. And so 
you have to not look you at have Twitter. To. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. You know, unless you um, want to be inspired. Well, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's a good point. I'm in a re- rewriting, so it's not quite the same as like starting from scratch. But I'm curious, what is that a fool's errand? <laughs> it's, it's early I don't in this think process. So. I think a lot of people have gotten a ton of work done that way. I, I'm a part. I feel like I've said this a lot too, but some a part of like my growing as an adult into a, a person is realizing that I'm kind of a control freak. I love structure. I don't, and maybe you do too. Like, there's a reason I don't have a kid. I'm also dating a woman. It's hard for us to get pregnant. We don't want kids. You know, there's just well, Orange already tried to convince me to have kids. That's a separate episode. <laughs> but, but like, I was just I've also saying built- that they we can. You can make them do a lot of, you can get out of I'm a curious, lot of obligations if you have them. Because I was about to say, oh, I think all directors are controlling, right? I think that's, that's part of true. the point. Roxy and Tim, would you agree with that? I mean, it's not something I thought about. I want to feel like I'm cool, but no, I have I'm a not. Virgo rising. And uh, yes, I am very, very controlling. I want things to feel cool, but I'm actually the master manipulator behind everything. Hmm. Okay, great. Now, Tim, you go. Yes. About there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's a control freak. Joke. Control Very freak. Funny. Yeah. What's interesting um, is like, yeah, I think that I, I, when it comes down to it, I, I'll make spreadsheets like nobody. Like I'll do all the stuff. So obviously, I, I like love a spreadsheet. I love. Like, it. Yeah, yeah, it turns me on like crazy. I'll go I'm hard getting really into conditions. Very formatting. sexual. Very yeah, sexy. It's very sexy. highly sexually charged <laughs> spreadsheet. Look at us, guys. I'm just bonding wanna, over just, spreadsheets. Exactly, but I do just real quickly, Matt. I think um. I think the other thing about your situation is this isn't going to be forever. Like your child is not going to, it's going to, you're going to have a child forever, but the schedule will change, right? Like sure, they will, sure, sure. And, she will sleep then, for longer. However, I right. do not know that this, I think that this mentality will need to last for a long time. I think 30 seconds to seven minutes will get longer. It will get into our ranges, but I, it, I don't think it's going to be, Unless she likes to sleep until 11 and I can like wake up hella early. <laughs> but when she goes down for a nap or whatever, then you, you yeah. know, there's, there's no, like two so years from now, there's strips. preschool. And yeah, then exactly. You have like an hour to do laundry and then they come back and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for? Matt, it's did tough. you learn? Did you learn something about yourself through this process? Oh. Mm. So we're five and a half weeks in. Oh, and, uh, oh I, Jesus. That's so it's early. Fresh. You're just underwater. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, I'm texting my wife just to make sure that, like, we're not having a meltdown right now. Like, we, you know, sleeping through, uh, through the night is still... We got, like, five five or six hours a couple nights last week, which is pretty That's incredible. pretty good. In, in one stretch. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, I, you know, I think um, that's a great question, Roxy. You're really present right now. Do you know what I mean? So the time for introspection isn't really... But I think it does force you to, and this is a good segue for everyone, it forces you to really recommit. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like if I'm like, hey, I'm relishing the 30 seconds I get to write in between whatever task I have, you have to decide like, oh, this is how I want to spend that 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Um, and why is that important to me on a couple different levels? You know, and we talk about the show all the time. You know, I know that 
where I am in my career, I can make a living, but I'm not going to level up unless I self-generate a little bit more. Like I have everything I have for my career is because of this, the heat I got from self-generation. And I took a couple years off just enjoying, you know, the, that momentum. And like, now I'm craving that heat again from a artistic perspective. Craving you know that I mean? heat. So poetic. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a little spice. <laughs> Oh, let's give you a spreadsheet. There you go. (laughs) I mean, having a baby just also like puts into perspective just the mental load that, you know, parent like traditionally like moms and stuff have had to like, like, like be responsible for. And, you know, it it's just really hard to take care of a baby and you don't know for how long and then write for five minutes and then. You have to like make them food while they're asleep, like to figure out if you should take a shower or feed them or work yeah, on your yeah, script. Yeah. You it know? is like the gear shifts are so hard. You're yeah. like burning your clutch out. Well, and that's the thing the that is. that's the thing I'm hearing in there that would be like kind of concerning, but also the thing I think you could probably stand to think about. Right. Well, I, again, I, I'm not I don't know. I, I don't speak from experience, but like in that particular way. But I think that you know, there's a lot of energy, there's so much mental energy put into writing a script or developing a project and making those decisions that I tend to not want to, I tend to want to like, kind of do a Carlin thing, which is like, make a lot of the other decisions up front, and then sort of set them and forget them. Like, is Twitter going to happen in the first half of my day? No, it's not because decision made, because I need that energy that it was even involved in that decision for what's this, you know, bit of dialogue going to be or otherwise. Right. And I, so I think for you, I mean, it sounds like you're practically like bit torrenting your, your script (laughs) in a place. It's a progressive downloading system. Yeah. It's just like, like when you can put a brick in the wall and it just seems kind of like the more you can have a streamlined, you know, process of, of popping into work mode, the better. I also think it's going to get easier. Like what we've talked about before is the thing I'll tell like, people getting into deep work boy i sound pretty cool uh, <laughs> what, is, what is, cut do you get from the book yeah i buy two copies uh, already point five percent but if you'd like lucrative. to take carlin's seminar go to deepercarlin.com <laughs> don't believe in that i'm like i will not take money from people um but it's like a muscle right it's like when you first start doing deep work you don't you cannot wake up one day and expect to be able to do it for five hours like it's just not gonna happen you start small and you just build the muscle. So I bet what you're going through too is like you're just relearning how to do it this new way and it's going to take time. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I Especially when I was younger, I used to be a real snob about when people would get too precious about their process. You know, like I knew people who were like, I have to take the whole day off. I have to have my specialty and I light the candle and I have my white noise machine and then maybe I can get, maybe the muse will hit me. Which is and why I was you can't like, go to your birthday party. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like like that, I would always, I respect people's process. And, and, and I think that there is something about understanding the way that you have to maybe, you know, get yourself worked up or enchant yourself or whatever. But, but the work, it's a job. The work is something where you, you can't just decide to not go to work one day. Right. And so this is just really forcing me to put, to test that metal, you know, to be like, okay, like I just am willing to jump in as soon as I can over and over again. So, you know, we'll see. I, I mean, I know you don't want to hear this. 
but I, I would give yourself permission at least, I mean, five and a half weeks in, at least for the first few months to, um, like what Carlin's talking about. Yeah, you know, this, this is bad idea. timing. I just, I, I, we're taking it out after it's just it, deadlines basically. Otherwise I would just be like, yeah, I'm going to just, uh, you know, and I'm also the, as present as I possibly can be with my kid. 100% of her waking time. Like that's right. the trade-off. Which, that's by the, the way, five and a half weeks doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's like about six hours. You know, she's not awake very much, but she can barely see. Like you put a <laughs> put a crash Relish test dummy in front time, of her, she'll man. think it's you. She's yeah. smiling now. She's smiling. Yeah, that's yeah. so cute. She's um, growing up so fast. That but for true. that creative habit and stuff that you're trying to form, it's really hard when you have zero control over your own schedule. You know, right? But well, that's what I'm. It's like that you're just forcing yourself to get over that. That's what I'm saying. And and that maybe there's some applicable sort of mentality to people. And maybe this is also sort of, I would love to hear what other people say, think about like figuring out how to be creative after the two years that we just had. You know what I mean? We're, we are coming out of some genuine trauma, right? And being creative takes vulnerability and introspection and all of the things that are damaged by the sort of experiences that we've had over the last few years. So I, I'm curious, just like how are people emerging from the space? Are you ready? Are you, uh, were you uh, in a cocoon and your, your wings are spread? Are you still feeling really raw? It's a strange time because Omicron is like rearing its head for us all as we speak, you know, things yeah. are changing pretty quickly, but the difference is we don't, Nothing will happen that we have not already gone through, you know, mm -hmm. like the worst case scenario. Boy, that's lockdown. Find some wood to knock on everybody. I know. Yeah. I'm well, but like, hopefully the stuff this, we've gone yeah. through, we don't go through it again. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I don't know about y'all, but I am mentally ill from the past two years. You know, it's like I've become I'm such a different person now. Like I developed this crazy plant habit. Like, <laughs> like I just I have over 40 plants now. But it's like what you were talking about. And obviously, it's very different. I don't have a newborn, but I love watering my plants every morning. Like it keeps me present. It's like me taking care of myself. And I'm also learning to not feed the capitalistic squid game mentality of like chasing something. And no matter what we try to do at the end of it, we don't control anything outside of ourselves. We can't control when something go gets greenlit. We can't control. We can only control our deep work, right? That we practice every day. I can control my plant watering and being present, but like, look, it's like critics choice. Now I'm so cool. Like so excited. Maybe I could redeem my black tie thing, but chances are it's not going to happen. It's going to either get pushed or it's going to get canceled, you know, because of the Omicron surge. So, and then like managing that disappointment is something that I'm learning is probably my biggest growth factor this year is not letting it crush me because it's out of my control. I don't know. That's how I feel. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there is an aspect of this where you have to just kind of hand it over to the universe and not take it on personally, basically. Yeah, it's hard. It's e much easier said than done, but it is. But you guys should come over and look at my plants. Like, look okay. at this tree. Look at this tree. It's a beautiful tree. Oh, my tree. God. Thank yeah. you. It looks well the other day I was like, hey, Roxy, can we meet at the coffee shop? And she's like, 
I'm sorry. I just I got three new plants here. It's just really hard to make. Or and I miss bumping into you at Cafe Secret. I was telling Tim that he should meet us there because we're usually there at nine a.m. Oh, yeah. Go. When do y'all go? Yeah. It was uh, always Caroline, sorry. There's only like a three person table there. Okay, look, and I it, do my deep work in the morning anyway. So <laughs> no, but honestly, I Roxy, in my mind, you've been like the busiest you've ever been because I haven't seen you at the coffee shop. No, I haven't done anything. I've just been making plants grow or killing them. And I, mean, I, I also want to say... probably doing more for the environment than... You know, I also want to say that that's a flex. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, I think I think what we portray on social media is like, so I only, I only show my successes, but like... Um, you know, I, I admire what Enlo is trying to do and what Carlin has been actively working in terms of her discipline, because I can't do that, man. My attention span is just like, you I don't know do if it. I have ADHD. I know, but like, I think I'm, because I do side coach on the side. My website is. I'm, okay. I'm like, <laughs> <not true. laughs> Can we talk about that discount code, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, JSI, JSI yeah. discount code. Hey, JSI Marlon only works at the full rate. Sorry, Roxy. You know, your, your producer background is trying to. Damn it. I know. I'm trying to low a good deal. I need to, I need to get over that. I'm no longer that person. Uh, yeah. But it's just so good to see everyone. You know, I think that next year, I like, I really looked forward to this. Great. Like, Me yeah, too. sadly, so I was like, all week, I was like, we could talk. I'm <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, what do you guys have planned for next year? What, any dreams, hopes, um, desires? It's <laughs> all so quiet. I Girl, mean, shaking her head I'm negatively. Her head <laughs> because... Your career is going so well. I thank you. I really appreciate it. I, no, I. I really hope to be shooting my movie next year. That would be really cool. And if not that movie, I am attached to a bunch of others, just in case that one doesn't go. <laughs> so maybe one of my features will go. Um, I actually, yeah, I I also like interviewed to direct my first pilot last month, which was nuts. Um, That's exciting. I, I obviously didn't get it because I've never directed TV. I don't even know how... I got in the running, but, um, well, the showrunners are a friend of mine and it was like perfect for my sensibilities. But, um, even that was like, holy shit, this feels like I could be directing TV mm-hmm. in a year That's or two. Great. You know what I mean? It's great but, to um, be in that position for a second, even yeah. like, and, and get to, and have that feeling of like, oh yeah, I can do this. This can happen. You know, like there's yeah. no reason I, I can't do this. And yeah, then, exactly. So I, I hope my main goal next year is like, I, I just want to direct a feature, you know? Yeah. That's it. And I know, when in preparing for this episode, Matt and I spoke for about four seconds between baby things. And I was <laughs> like, I just want to get the best tips and tricks that people learn, learn this year. And uh, Matt was like, I, I want people to talk about kind of next year, what they're going to do, what they think the industry is going to be like. And just now, it, you know, when Carlin shook her head, Matt, and you're like, oh, what are, where are, you, what are you so disappointed about? But I, I think if we've learned anything over these last two years, especially this month, it's that we like can't plan you know we can hope but we can't plan for anything yeah well i think you know there's part of you that's like you know i i wanted to get this one of my scripts you know going and and make a movie as well and that's that's the the high the high-minded side of me the other part is like i want to survive the next year is the other assignment you know exactly so the bare minimum yeah but i I think like this, these past two years with like, you know, what you were talking about Roxy, like 
the kind of mental stability that we're lacking and like even like Naomi Osaka and like all this like I think there is this permission to like not know what's happening next year you know and to kind of hope things will happen in the next few years but it's not as like by January I should you know like as soon as Sundance is over I'm going to do this and then when this happens I'm going to do this and the Critics Choice it's like it's and I think Matt you you're right it's like the self-generate things and yeah and, well, uh, I think, yeah, I think self-generate, but also to, to something you're saying there, Oren, there's an aspect of not reacting to the to every, you know, wave and obstacle and instead finding your own rhythm and answering to that and, and learning what that is and making that work for you, you know, your own rhythm of creation, your own schedule, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm hearing two things. Well, I'm, I'm hearing one thing and saying another is really what I'm getting at. Um and that, 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 you know, is conflicting because I agree 100%. There are a thing, this, the last two years have taught us to not take things out of our control personally, right? The, you can't, you can't control the world and the way things happen. And also separately, I think, you know, Tim and Carlin and myself, we're all like, really, we've been pushing the boulder of a feature up that mountain for a year, right? You know, at least give or take more. And I, yeah, yeah more, Definitely. right? But like, but, but I'm, I'm saying specifically, the three of us each have the movie that like people are interested in. They're excited, you know, whatever. And all of us got here by not waiting for the system to step in and and help us make our films. And I, the thing that I keep, so, so obviously like, look, a pandemic or whatever, you can't, you can't beat yourself up over the effects of that sort of stuff. But also I'm so fucking sick of like pitching and like taking things out and all of that stuff. And you know, my wife and I, we made a small movie without waiting. And, and so trying to figure out how to, you know, just parse that, figure that out, find the right compromise because the movie that I want to make and the movie that all of us want to make are more than $150,000, $200,000, $300,000, right? Like, you know, you, you need more resources than just like kickstarting or something like that, right? But also if you keep saying like, well, my movie's got to be $10 million or I don't make it, maybe you just don't get to make your movie and that's a problem I'm not willing to live with. I'd rather make a smaller movie, basically. I got to figure it out somehow, right? And so those are two conflicting ideas. Like, don't beat yourself up over the things you can't control. And also, I'm the only person that's going to make my art happen. Matt, you know how you and I used to talk about this? Like, I made all these micro budgets. And then I'm just like, I just got to do it, you know? Because nothing's going to come for me because I am nobody. Like, realistically... None of us are. There's so many people in competition or in comparison. And it's like it's like um, I think it's a really, really, really fine line of checking in with yourself and feeling where you are and what is pulling you and putting a fire under your ass. Because sometimes you want to take things slower. Like right now I'm in deep hermit mode. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. I just don't want to. It's the winter for Roxy. I really. Right it's, yes. it's, it's the winter for Roxy. Indeed. And I just don't want to be on set. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. But like, um, but sometimes when you feel that urge and you're like, it all comes together because what you are putting out there 
I just don't believe that nothing's going to reciprocate. Like either you're going to find resources, you're going to find the right people. You're going to find people who are willing to help you or a community that's willing to help you, but you have to take it's all thanks to Orin betting against me. (laughs) You know, we have a wager. It took a wager uh, for you to do that. What? No, no, no. (laughs) You guys want to put money in. That is such a dude thing. Our Patreon is patreon.com. That's that's not true at all, but, but I do. Orin did bet against me, and I am uh, using it to, to okay. tease him. Okay. So that is a dude thing. I am yeah. like a bust and ball. Guess, right, right, right. right. <laughs> I'm a I bigger mean, bro than I thought, Ma. It, it uh, came from me saying, like, hey, it's okay if you don't make your movie next year. Um, and Matt, That's saying, different oh, than saying you. you're not going to do it. Yeah. Wow. Matt was like, I will bet guy. you. How much back. is our bet? hundred bucks? What's yeah, the real bucks. story? Oh my god! I okay. know, Mike. If only it was on a thing. podcast. If only, if only we had <laughs> audio record of what Orange. If only we had pristine Incredible. audio. It does take forever, though, to make it features. It does. Yeah, it's okay. What are you gonna yeah. do? We Stop should have a whiskey out. party next time. Like while we're waiting, we should go and there hang out with the new baby. And then I'll drink all of the iced Baileys, right? And go. then I'll do tarot card readings. It'll be so much fun. Ooh, Fuck this is so fun. That would be yeah. that would be fun. That would be yeah. fun. It's just we'll test. It'll be super yeah. safe and cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's um, true. What's you know we in testing this testing thing? People are like getting offended. When you ask them if they'll take a test if they come to your Christmas party. What? I don't know. You guys have it? Are you having a Christmas party and we didn't get invited? Yeah, hey, uh, you know, we can only invite 200 people. So. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Where's my so, uh, Matt? Speaking of that, Carlin, <laughs> what do you, how do you see the industry changing in this, this upcoming year? Do you think I'm, um, I'm, I'm honestly I don't mean to be rude, but I'm like not interested in that question. Because <laughs> I just, we can't predict. <laughs> we can't predict. It. And I just don't know. You well, know what I mean? I. Sounds like Oren, you won one bet at least. <laughs> Wait, did he say Carlin won't answer this question? No, Matt wanted to ask, and I was it. like, "Who cares?" He didn't want to ask it. <laughs> I, well, but I did I, force myself to write an answer. It, it, oh. it, there is. I guess I'm really just trying to ask, like, you know, what what do we see happening currently, and maybe can we extrapolate that out? And is there anything we can do to to learn from what's happening currently and what, how can we prepare for this year in any way or shape or form? The one thing, uh, the one thing I would say is that uh, I have a friend who, who he's been editing comedy for 12 years and he just, I know who this is. Okay. Yeah, you do. And he yeah, finally got hey. to direct um, an episode of a show that he's working on, been working on and he, he got to direct it several days of directing. And one thing that he was saying was really intriguing to me is just how, you know, it's, it's the world of comedy. It's the world of comedy. So maybe it's different in some ways, but like he just said, small productions, large productions, they're not like ending work at five 30. There are like these long shoot days, ambitious schedules, ambitious shoots. They're trying to be films. They're trying to be more like, I do think there's a sense of productions trying to, up their game and elevate and push and and get these cool shots and these things that that you know five ten years ago they weren't i don't know if that's relates to this year last last year you know kind of trend thing but i, I thought it was intriguing to think about how in a sense it's getting harder in terms of like you know there's a desire to make better stuff and that's cool i think yeah there i had a couple of thoughts one kind of related to that which is that 
on one hand, there's the desire to make better stuff. But on the other hand, it's just like we, as much as we try to resist it or pretend it's not there, like the fracturing of how people get their entertainment is like just unstoppable. You know, like the fact that teenagers, like a lot of young people don't even, you know, we know they don't watch movies unless it's like Spider-Man or something, but they don't even watch TV shows. They like, uh, you know, the way you communicate with like this whole generation of people coming up is just totally different. And as much as we fight to be directing the HBO show that we think is like the pinnacle of pinnacle, you know, like of everything, it's like kind of worthless to a generation. And I think you can look at it in a negative way where you're like, you know, what should we make? That should I be a TikTok influencer? You, I think you probably are. <laughs> should I? I anyone over the age of 24 no, doing TikTok not. is sad. I, I know, Colin. <laughs> Don't rub it in my face. No, but, but, but I guess. Strong, strong disagree, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> really? And that, and that was what my, but what I was going to say is kind of like the opposite of that, which is on one hand, you can see it as this bad thing. Like where, where do we make the stuff that everyone watches? On the other hand, you can be like, hey, I'm really into this video game or I'm, I'm really into getting good deals on leases or whatever. And you can have an entire career making entertainment content, stories, TikToks, whatever about that thing that you're into. And for the first time, you know, in the history of the world, there is like this giant group of like, here's a million people that are really into the same thing that you're into. And you can kind of get to them. You know, the the budgets aren't as big, you know, and it's not all WGA jobs, but um, I think there the fracturing of just how what we consume to me is like uh, something that I see in the industry. You know, like you you read about the stats of how many people watch a show and it's like not really relevant to compared to how many people watch a YouTube video, you know? Yeah, or, I, I, I think I agree with everything you're saying. I do chafe a little bit at some of some of that the narrative that i think that media planners are spinning i think is a little broken because certainly habits form when you're young but like we all the way that we have consumed media has evolved from childhood to adulthood and so to think that like just because a 14 year old who doesn't own a tv and maybe doesn't doesn't own a laptop and, but and only has a tablet or phone is watching a lot of TikTok and isn't interested in TV. Doesn't like obviously they they're not the ones who own the couch and don't have the clicker. Do you know what I mean? So like I, that stuff is going to change, and also the number of hours that people are consuming scripted television and movies has never been greater, and so. I guess really what we're saying is that we're just spending a lot of time on screens and some of that is like TikTok sized content and some of that is watching an entire run of friends which teenagers are also doing you know in, in record numbers so it's like I don't know it's just like who's trying to sell what to whom is is really where that data ends up getting pulled from you know like yeah yeah sure um, I but, but your point about it being <laughs> fractured is right. Hell yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess I, what what or I agree with everything you're saying. What I'm saying is that sometimes people use that argument to say the sky is falling and that there's no reason to make oh, yeah. on TV anymore. That's what, no, that's no. what I, I chafe against. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you 
aren't in movies and TV, it doesn't mean that you okay. are a failure, you know? Yeah, 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 100%. Like, if you look at someone like a Mr. Beast or whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and you see just the outsized effect also, that he's, he has. Also, he's making television, full stop. He has a small production team. Things are scripted. You know, like, at a certain point, you become... I, I guess the real question, the real balance is, like, in order to create content at scale, you do need an infrastructure. Whether you're making the biggest TikToks in the world or, you know, a television show. And so, like, how does that shake out from an economics perspective is the real question that I think will evolve over years, you know. So I shouldn't start an OnlyFans. I say I got shut down. (laughs) I thought it was back up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually was talking to a friend about directing pornography because i have a really deep problem with the representation in the porn space but uh, of course everyone is advising me against that but you know there are sometimes when i think about content and i think about ego and i think about career and i think about the system and that's constantly something that i'm challenging in myself and unlearning but i just think it's interesting because i try not to get too caught up with how is everything going to look like a year from now because it is constantly changing. But as long as I'm putting in the work and getting interesting things where I could continue to grow, I think that's enough, you know? Yeah. I I heard this incredible interview on NPR the other day. Anne Rice, you know, she just passed away through an interview with a vampire. And Terry Gross interviewed her and they talked about, I guess she had written some, they called it pornography, like, you know, erotica or whatever, you know, books. And she kind of said the same thing that you said, but this was in like 1990 or something. And um, I found it like this, like I heard it on the radio and I didn't realize she had died. I thought it was like a a current interview. The way she spoke was just like so, so it felt so now and so present about that stuff. It goes to, it reminds you how long that, you know, people have been working on trying to like change viewpoints and stuff. I Um, saw a tweet about when Anne Rice passed about how her husband was in um, like a writer's group and she would serve them snacks and all of the men would like hang out and then she would go upstairs and write and she, and she wrote and she, you know, changed change the world with, with her books and none of them ever, you know, uh, ever published anything as the story goes. And um, boy, that, that really cuts to the quick to a person who has a podcast about filmmaking. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) Um, one one other thing Terry Gross asked her was she's like, you know, you write about these gay love affairs in your pornography. Like uh, some people might say, how is like this cis, you know, woman writing about gay men's love affairs? And Anne Rice was offended by the question. And she just went on this rant about, you know, the Bronte sister, like all these people, William Shakespeare, like all these people writing amazing characters that aren't anything like them. I thought that was really a really great rant too. So, uh, you know, so that's it's not, true. it's not my that's unpaid true. endorsement, but, right. uh, <laughs> but maybe I was like, we're doing it. We're doing unpaid <laughs> endorsements. <laughs> Is uh, this where the jingle orgasm? comes in? <laughs> no. Uh, unpaid endorsement. Dun, there dun, we dun, go. Dun. Unpaid endorsements. So this year, you know, it's been, it's been good for, I think, Based on this interview, we've all had really good years and some big life changes and some really amazing career moves and realizations. Um, but it's also been, you know, stressful just because of the unknown. 
So I was curious what all of you, what you all do to kind of relax, you know, get your mind off of things. If you feel like you're cooped up, you know, we're all basically working from home, doing podcasts from home, all stuck in our chairs. So I can go first if you if you need a little runway. Um, get it, Oren. Unless, unless you have something, Matt, since you usually go first. Um, uh, no, I have no, something. No. Hey, Carlin. Kick it off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Carlin, first always I'm breaking our rec- formats. Absolutely. Okay. So first of all, I recommend something called baths. Uh, I do love a bath. And I think that more men should take baths. I don't know why I, I'm choosing that hill to die on, but it is one that I've chosen. Agreed. And then the other, hey, Tim, are you a bath guy? I'm a bath I'm guy. A I'm, I'm also like just, it might be like a little bit of a specialty thing, but I'm also like a hand washing guy. Which, which what does that, that mean? It's, just, it's a thing that <laughs> separates me from 90% of the men I see in the bathrooms. No. Oh, I see. I thought oh, you were gonna say like ha-ha. I thought you were gonna like exfoliate. You ever do the yeah. the, the two step like the exfoliate? No, nope, he's just talking about basic hand washing. I'm talking about washing damn like, hands. Yeah, you're like, like so getting you're, pissed you're off the, of your hands. Is what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just uh, talking about washing damn hands. I thought you're the guy that like when you're really frustrated, you go, you put water on your hands, and you you splash your face Ew. You oh, yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You stared yourself in the mirror for a second. Yes, Carlin. So beyond baths, I have gotten into a show this year, which. Should be embarrassing, um, but it is called Shark Tank, and I oh. have now seen every episode. No, you haven't. There must be Pretty 8 much. million episodes. I've watched There's it all, too. 13, I fucking love Shark Tank. I think it is such a blast. It's so inspiring. I love it. Or stupid. It's yeah. So ins- yeah, and the pitching is horrible. It's always, who whoever's coaching these people, yeah. I'm like, do you hate them? I mean, it's so <laughs> cheesy. And it does remind me that pitching is so hard. So that's where it kind of overlaps with work because it's so difficult to get up there and do a good job. And so you have like empathy for all of us doing this. But it's just Have you bought any products? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Really? Many products. <laughs> There's this falafel Wait, many? called. There's some falafel thing called Tada. I'm not into like, look, we don't have time for this. But basically, my one pet peeve with the show is um, I don't like, you know, like the making a bunch of dumb shit out of plastic just to do it. Like, I don't believe in that. That's the one problem with the show is like all these people being like, here's this salad spinner that's plastic. And you're like, nobody needs this. But the but there's a lot of innovative products and things. And I don't know. It's just it's just fun. You can turn your brain off and you can watch people do bad pitches and sometimes watching movies and TV, since we do it for a living, it can feel like it's still I can't, work. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't watch like a movie without thinking about the structure and the pacing and the visual language, but shark tank, I can just watch and sit back and it's very relaxing. Carlin, let me tell you, love Island has got your name written all over it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I, I liked it. Okay. For some okay. reason, I, I like um, cooking shows and I like sure. Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. If you're talking <laughs> disposable too. TV, you got to check out the circle. Oh, oh yeah. I have. I've seen part of Matt that. Matt has too. endorsed that multiple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's all like about it. It's, it's embarrassing that it. I brought it up. I'm sorry to everyone. No, Tim. <laughs> Here, truthfully, talking about taste for a second, I feel like when people have a textbook taste, when their taste matches their persona too much, I don't trust it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, it's like it's okay if you're like, yeah, I I like dress a certain way and I listen to certain music and that matches the the movies that I like. That's fine, but you gotta have a curveball. You got to yeah. be like, nice. yeah, the circle every once in a while, you, you know, 
Otherwise, it doesn't feel like you've actually made your own mind up. That's character building. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Tim, what about you? I mean, I really do believe that like oxygen to to the brain is like so important, but that's only an excuse that I, I happen to love competitive sports. So I actually, I play a lot of sports. I really do. Oh, like if I, what, really? what's your sport? I know I play, I run a pickup basketball game. I know. And we play on Sundays <laughs> and then I play tennis a couple times a week with other people. I play tennis. Well, they, see, do we know this. I you didn't guys should go play tennis together. I'll cheer from the side. We could all oh just God. do doubles with like a trade out here. Um, we could, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'll definitely play it. But I, I mean, and that's this is not this is my unexciting answer, but I really do believe. I also have been riding bikes and doing all this stuff, but I like I kind of have to tire. You know, it's been a stressful couple of years, right? With lots of all the stuff thrown at us, and I have found that I sleep better if I exhaust myself physically, get a lot of oxygen, just get away. I, a lot of the times, the competitive sports are just so satisfying when you know. I'm the I have like the cat brain like hitting a ball a thousand times is is actually satisfying to me so but uh, how do you schedule it do you like will you be like "Eh, I need to get out and I let's I'll call someone up to play tennis or do you say like every Wednesday at one we do this or I have tried to do it in the morning before you work not before no I got it right in the morning but like the I try to yeah in the afternoon if I deserved it if I deserve it I'll text a friend for tennis and but Sunday is always it's going to be basketball and we play full court basketball for about three hours and it is fucking exhausting yeah it's like the whole thing where you're not a sociopath because i did not expect that answer out of you tim i didn't Uh, expect you to be that intense we are kind of going for a little more sociopath (laughs) okay my sociopath answer is that i watch um spike uh jones movies over and over to de-stress no, i don't know <laughs> what would be on brand for that me is on, that is very on brand. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's also okay for the record <laughs> yes no it's not totally 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 <laughs> uh, roxy um, what you got I, I just have my plans. I've been thinking about my answer and literally I cannot tell you how much fun pruning your plants are like, or seeing a new leaf grow. Like uh, I was never this person before the pandemic. And I just, I'm just, and now that I go everywhere, I'm just like, Oh, this plant is a blah, blah, blah. And look at how beautiful it is. Look at how it's flourishing just on the side of the street. And I never noticed it before. It's like just being so much more mindful um, and being so much more present. I think that um, this, this, the glory of the pandemic has just really forced hyperactive Roxy to really slow down and not give a fuck as much. Um, and so that is my self-care routine is to make more intentional choices for myself rather than, you know, the usual exfoliating, masturbating bullshit, you know? So it's, uh, I think even something as simple as pruning something that doesn't move and taking care of it and loving it. That's like you giving yourself that sort of attention, right? Instead of beating yourself I to like death. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, like gardening. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Come over for my plants, y'all. And tea. Okay. I mean, thank you. And tarot readings. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, You're Matt. Always welcome. I like, do you like how I've just taken this over? I love you it. No, I like, I like how I was going to be first too many now. Times. <laughs> Carlin's got, got shit to do. She's like, you know, um, I go to bed or I go to bed early. This is, I love you guys, but I it's, get late, it. it's late night. I know. I get I it. I, get it. No, I, I, I have a flight early tomorrow. So, oh, copy that. All right. Um, 
Uh, you guys you know, want to just skip Matt and me? Is that what you're? Yeah, saying? yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, say yeah. so. Uh, uh, I'm finding this not relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the best at relaxing. Um, I uh, it's a, a thing I need to work on. But I have realized that cook. I would call cooking a hobby of mine. Actually, I realized I was like, oh, I do this pretty avidly, and my wife and I are actively seeking out recipes and specialty ingredients and like we have a very thick binder of like earmarked printed recipes in addition to a embarrassingly large number of cookbooks like well, Chrissy's it, an award-winning baker she won true. the KCRW pie oh my god I want to try Casey, the the vegan pie category she got third place, but which still, is still ba- it's a very very competitive and we're yeah. four pies. isn't <laughs> it harder that's harder vegan pie. Harder vegan, pie, vegan, vegan pies, pies are very hard yeah vegan super, pies are yeah. super hard that's a flex yeah, the, man the, yeah. one the of the few pies that was not after <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pies and hundreds of pies that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, so y'all are Gold, serious uh, yeah yeah i'm pretty serious about uh about cooking for sure but but the problem with it is is that it is still utilitarian do you know what i mean i'm not cooking for fun i am still cooking to nourish my family i'm just doing it with artistry and intent and so that i do need to work on something that is a little bit more you know uh but you know look like we've been talking about my my plate's pretty full right now i'll figure it out give it some time yeah yeah i would say that that's i mean i hate to be this guy but when you don't have like kids, it's a, it's just a, the answer is just totally different. Like there's absolutely no way I could like just go play tennis in the afternoon with a friend, you know, like I have my time from like nine to three that hopefully I can get some work done because once three, you know, once the, you know, now I have a kid, you know, time, I'm pushing back, realizing, thinking about it for a second, we do have a podcast. Like we did engineer a system to talk to, friends of ours in a meaningful way about something we were passionate about for an hour and 48 minutes and 24 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From a mental, a mental release. Yeah. This does help. And it, I think it was even better when we did it in person because it was yes. more of like a weekly yeah. event. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, I went through my phases of like, I ride a bike every morning and all that. T- and I, I wish I still had, energy for that but the other day i was like so stressed out like lost a job something else weird happened i was upset with some friend i forget there was just like all this tension and my wife was like why don't you just like call a friend and go have lunch with them and i was and i know it might seem like a, a normal obvious thing for people to do but especially with covid and trying to not get it and all this stuff and we've kind of just been cooped up i'm like oh yeah i guess i guess i could do that um, and I just like texted some friend like last minute who I haven't talked to in like a year. And I was like, hey, I'll come by your place. You know, is there you want to just go grab lunch real quick? And he's like, yeah, sure. Me, we went to this place called Doubting Thomas. It was pretty good. I love Doubting Thomas. That's so good. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Lauren. Did, and did they you did not believe my order? I was like, yes, I want half and half. That's awesome. It's good to go hang out with a friend. And did you invite them to your Christmas so party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like everyone on, that follows me on TikTok is invited. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> um, 
Sorry, I'm actually too busy working to be on TikTok, but send it to me. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot you have no boundaries. Oh, so savage. So savage. Send it to Carlin's people. Her team will review. You have no idea. Every month I look at my finances and think, can I hire an assistant yet? I absolutely can't. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm like, I can't wait. It's so good having an assistant. How an assistant? An assistant is... They would require so much time for you to tell them what to do that you can just do it quickly. I fully disagree. I have so much stuff for people to do. It would be great. I think assistance only makes sense if you start your own company. You just have to have a shingle. No way. I have a friend. Yeah. I have many friends with assistants who I, don't have their own company. And what do their assistants do? Like sort their shoes, pick up their dry cleaning, oh, return all their you're emails? shooting all the time, I calendar? think it's some, certainly something you handle yourself. I just I want an so, assistant truly. so I can yeah. have someone else to talk to besides my dog. <laughs> you guys want to? You guys want to? I'll go in on one assistant. I sure. would do that. I've thought about that. Yeah, well, yeah that, that, that actually is the solution. You you can get somebody for like. I do have friends that will, that will do that. Like, oh, you know, fifteen hours a week or something like that. But I, you really think you have a full? You have enough work for a full time assistant to do? No, no, not yet. But I think I do have enough for fifteen hours a week or ten. Well, hours. Carlin, the much yeah, easier yeah. thing to do is just come up with a new voice and and then you can just answer <laughs> the phone like. Yeah. Hello. New manager. <laughs> wow, are you hired from New Zealand? We all come from New Zealand. Yeah, I was doing a voice that Carlin, you would be doing. I was doing you doing That's your new so voice. That's so funny because I, I am Roxy's really gone through seven accent. hairstyles since we started this one. <laughs> you guys, wow, I'm you so drunk and I'm so right now. I don't know where we are. Yeah. Okay, we lost her. Um, no, no, she's here. Uh, before we end this very long episode, which I think is okay because it's end of the year and it's episode 300, I do want to say a I huge, feel sorry huge for your editor. <laughs> well, I do want to say a huge, huge thanks to our editor. Yeah. Sarah Weirda. She's been with us for two years now and she's amazing and we she's good. You. She gets the, the podcast and she is moving on. She's, she's probably. Uh, you know, listening to this episode and being like, "Yeah, I, I don't want to do what any of these people do." <laughs> she's that. Uh, she's yeah. she. She yeah, works the, in film. Yeah, what were yeah. you saying? Yeah, the the meta story is that I think um, you know Sarah, like all of us, was kind of like thinking through what she wants out of life, mm-hmm. and she said, "I I I got to focus on me. I can't waste <laughs> my time on the boundary. You guys can send me yeah. uh, random so, files on Wednesday night and have a two-hour yeah. podcast episode by Thursday morning. So there, there's a real meta narrative to all of this happening. Well, hey, Is good she for getting her. out of the film business? I she's, hope not. She's figuring out what she wants, and so she's making more space for that. That's and great. She's done some I really big, big productions in uh, like where she lives in the Midwest. And she, uh, yeah, she's trying to figure out where in the film industry she fits, I think. Yeah, but yeah. She's also a filmmaker and makes awesome things, but you know. But, and so, Sarah, if we're oversharing, feel free to cut this out. <laughs> Have you had yeah. her on the podcast? No. You should. should. <laughs> Damn it, Tim. Can we cut that part out, Sarah? And don't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Sarah, you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sarah, come like, on the podcast. Amplify her. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk to Sarah because I'm so sure sweet. she's got she's got some big insights as a person who has heard more of the podcast than anyone else, kind of including you and yeah. I, Warren. Wouldn't it be fun to have her just tell us everything 
annoying about us? Sure. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I love that. I'll moderate that. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely and tune in for that. Sarah's like, I'll, I'll do it, in. but I'm not cutting yeah. it. Well, Sarah, well, thank you so much. Yes. Truly yeah. indebted to you. You made the show really special. And we're really, truly going to miss you. So, thank you for your work. So this episode was edited by Sarah Weirda. Go, Sarah. Ow, ow. Our guests again are Carlin Hudson, Tim Nakashi, Roxy She. You can find all of us on social media at Hey Carlin at Oh Timmy. Do you have social media? I have. Uh, I have various. Yeah. Just kidding. That was a callback to me. I know you slammed me. Social media at Phil Tim Nakashi at Roxy off her Roxy. What's the? <laughs> what's the you can do it. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's Roxy the Roxy, Roxy she. No, isn't it? You have a different. Is that what Hashtag it is? Hashtag Super Director Roxy, but that's not. Oh yes, Super Director. Yeah. Okay. Off um, her rocker. What'd you just call off her? Off, off her Roxy. Roxy is pretty hilarious. good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And uh, you can find it, all of uh, our podcast stuff. We're at Just Shoot It Pod across all social media. Go to our website. We'll have show notes. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Smitey Pileg. Everywhere else, I'm at O Kaplan. And I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow. And I think, Oren, you said everything already. Email us at, uh, just shoot at, email, at gmail.com. Yeah, and, and, oh, uh, you're listening to uh, yeah. music. <laughs> provided Gizarre. by the Free Music Archive, archive and the artist, Jazar. You guys are doing great. Number 300. Good job. Number 300. Can't wait for 301. I know. <laughs> I right Jerry on the edge of my seat for that. <laughs> That's the guy from 300. Okay, bye. Nice. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye.